podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk as Liverpool prepare to go to Bournemouth just as Christmas begins to get closer and closer still. In front of me, I've got gentlemen who are festive under normal circumstances, so God, <laughs> God knows what they're like at this time of year. I've got Mo Stewart, Adam Smith and John Gibbons. Uh, John is indeed Mr Friday night, and yet me and John on Wednesday were Mr Wednesday night oh, after Liverpool drew 1-1 with West Bromwich Albion. We went out and... It's nil-nil, that's how drunk you It were. was, it was nil-nil, and we uh, <laughs> were quite right, and we, uh, we conducted ourselves in a manner which very much felt like it was drinking the pain away because Liverpool offered nothing against West Brom, John. Yeah, it was disappointing, wasn't it? It was disappointing in a different way to, to the Everton game, really. Uh, you know, both dropped points, both, you know, we wanted six and we um, from the pair and we haven't got what we wanted. But, yeah, just just never really got going as a performance. Um, you know, we all got excited when we saw the lineup, Fab Four back in there and thinking, well, we could... We could take West Brom apart here. I thought, I thought West Brom played well. I thought they were smart. They look they looked like an experienced team, which they are. There was a lot of lads knowing what they were doing, covering for each other. And but we just felt kind of 10, 10 or twenty percent down on, on 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 where we need to be in terms of effort and application and 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 just ideas as well. And and when this team drops a bit, it struggles. And we and we've kind of seen that in the past. It looked to me more like there was just a lack of intensity from Liverpool on the night. Uh, and when the realization was there that they did have to play in a manner that was more intense. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was almost a bit too late. They gave West Brom all the hope they needed. It wasn't dissimilar, except in what actually happens in the second half of the game of Swansea at home last season, the three-two, yeah. where you get the impression Swansea are turning up. They're very nervous. They're not at all comfortable. West Brom the same. And then by about fifteen minutes, they're all looking at each other, going, "This is nowhere near as bad as we thought." Yeah, and if we want to speak about this season, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Spartak Moscow away where, again, they were expecting the the bums rush, so to speak, and it never really actually came. I don't know. I'm a little bit, when it comes to the whole Fab Four business, I can see why Klopp was saying in his Friday press conference last week that he's a little bit annoyed at how it becomes uh, a thing and it's a separate team within a team. Yeah. And the problem with that is it's almost like, like you say, when we saw the lineup with all four of them in, we're like, oh, okay, it's going to be a good day. It's almost like that mentality of just because they're there, it's just going to magically happen. Now, I don't know whether footballers actually think this way or it's just fans who think that way. But if you look at the evidence of the way they played on the pitch, I mean, some of them, I think Sadio Mane in particular, he looks like he's he's having a bit of a, his first dip as a Liverpool player, by the way. And he could probably do with taking a bit of a break. I think we can allow him that. Outside of that, it was just one of those situations, like you say, West Brom turned up, all very organised. They've got the new manager bounce. Uh, to be honest, I always thought they were a good side. I thought that they could snap back quite quickly. I thought their poor form before was more due to the fact they just wanted rid of Pulis, to be honest with you. So it was always going to be one of those where if you look at the history, they're a team who could be a bit of a banana skin for a Liverpool who are going to be profligate. Now, we've been clinical most of the time this season, but that profligateness, it hasn't completely gone away. <laughs> uh, it hasn't completely gone away. There's, uh, it's... If Liverpool do score the first goal, Adam, uh, Firmino misses a decent opportunity, then it's probably a very... It is it is a different game. It becomes difficult to see how West Brom get back into it. Yes, they could they could have the equivalent of what happens against Everton where they get the help of a referee or they could just bang one in from 30 yards. But it would be difficult to see a way back into it for them. But the point about that is that's you know, maybe where you want to see Liverpool being able to turn the screw and turn the screw until the... And, uh, it, up the intensity over a period of time until they get themselves 1-0 up, as they, for instance, maybe did against Huddersfield, but it just did not seem there on the night at all. It wasn't happening at all, and and I I think 
the problem I have with the other night is play teams play poorly sometimes. You know, teams just aren't on it sometimes, and that's that's kind of fine. You're allowed them every now and again. The issue is that it, it happens. It seems to happen too often with Liverpool. And the thing that I've been thinking about over and over recently is that story of when is it is it Roy Keane who's thinking about where, when Manchester United are playing Tottenham and he's yeah. worried that Ferguson's going to give him this speech and Ferguson just came, comes in and goes, "It's all right, I did Tottenham. You know what to do." Been thinking about that recently because I feel like if somebody said that to the Liverpool squad, they'd just be like, "What? Just not win." Like that just seems to be what we do against teams where we should beat them. There's just no intensity. There's just a kind of thing of, oh, well, we'll batter these because they're rubbish and we're great. And exactly like most of them have got the, the, the Fab Four playing. It doesn't feel like they've got the mentality to kind of say, well, let's put this goalkeeper under pressure. They, there was no effort to do that. Uh, you know, and it's fine to have those games. And, and, and look, I think it's, it's debatable. There's many different, you know, sort of people have different opinions on it, but we did score. I don't. I don't think it was a handball. I don't think it was a deliberate handball. I don't think his hand was in an unnatural position. It didn't change the flight of the ball, you know. And it's one of them where you kind of go, if that was United that had that and that goal stood, we'd all go, oh, they're stuffy, aren't they? They've, you know, they're and United do that all the time. They get that. They have those games where they're terrible, but they get a one-nil win because of a, you know, an offside or a, you know, that handball or that sort of thing. I understand that you make your own luck, but we've simultaneously been having really poor luck for quite a long time with refereeing decisions and all that sort of thing but also not done enough to win the game and I think yeah. it's it's fine to say both of those things that we, we probably should have won 1-0 but we didn't deserve to win 1-0 that, that, they're, they're both true I, you know and it's just one of them I, I don't know the trouble the trouble is we're having too many one of them yeah I think I mean, you can say that about, about both games really both games in, in the last seven days we've probably deserved a bit more luck yeah. but then you think well, we should look be coming into it against against these sides I think our, our record against the, the bottom ten is actually pretty good this year we just kind of got hang ups from last year I think I think I think you did a stat from it it's only one drawn game isn't it before before the West Brom one now it's obviously two now Everton are unfortunately a top, a top ten side but um, you know, so it's a, it's a bit of a kind of a hangover from, from last year, really. But you know, I mean, Neil, we we did a, a post match show on on tour player after the game, and and I was moaning a lot because we we just thrown away a lead against Everton and 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 hand beating them and all that. And Neil said, "Well, we are allowed to win one nil." And and you think, you know, I mean, this Man City run is absolutely sensational, isn't it? It's, and that's clouding everyone's judgment on what's a decent points total and and what. You know, a, a title challenge. You know, can look like, but in the same way, you know, the, I mean, be, be, before this week, they, they had a couple of real tough games where they didn't play well and got through them by the odd goal. And I watched the full ninety minutes of that West Ham game, and they weren't very good mm, at yeah. all. And there was a, there was another one, um, either before one before that or one after it, where they where they get by with the goal. And so, you know, maybe would you say, well, therefore, this Liverpool team needs to learn how to how to um, not play well and win or would you say well actually you know we we would have done that if it, if if we hadn't have had hard lines and so it's it's a, it's a difficult one really because you can you can almost judge them too harshly by what well, the team down the road are doing i think there's definitely an element to that but i think one of the things that that i think there's there's loads of stuff around around the goal and i do want to talk a little bit more about it in a minute or two more but around the disallowed goal but one of the things i think is what we're not doing very well whilst not playing well isn't winning whilst not playing well. It's building pressure whilst yes. not playing well. Mm. And that, it wasn't like, as I say, it just wasn't happening, but say what you like, West Brom, 
they, they had to, you know, they, they, they were up, there was there was having to be a lot of last ditch stuff. Mm. That's I think where if you want to improve, listen, getting the ball over the line at times, it's luck just does come into it. But it wasn't as though firstly Foster was having to make save after save, well, and, and the Everton goalie as well, and the Everton goalie as well. It wasn't like they were having to make save after save, and it wasn't like either you know in the last 15 minutes you, you're thinking well we're not doing very well here but we might just force it over the line and ironically we nearly did against West Brom but you just you're not no point you thinking it might just by sheer force of will and pressure mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm making it so that the opposition are going well nothing's coming off for them but it will in a minute and then they'll be in and that's the beauty of what Anfield used to give us it would always be no matter how bad we've been in the game if a team is either holding on for a point or holding on for a win, they're going to feel like, hang on a minute, the rush is going to start coming. And you're right, it hasn't been that way for quite some time. And I feel like that's something that's a very integral part to any progressing team. Uh, comparing it to our rivals is, is, is always going to be a tough one. I mean, if I think back to the um, deflected goal that United beat Borough Brighton with, or Serge Aurier's cross that also beat Brighton I think <laughs> there's been some ridiculous goals I was like that I was watching match of the day after the after on Wednesday mm. and I was like I mean yeah we've not played well but bloody hell I'd love one of these goals but but you're right because it those kind of things happen down to pressure uh, if you get a defence that starts making an uncharacteristic mistake starts to feel tired yeah. because of uh, 45 minutes of relentless having to think about who's there who's there and Part of that intensity has got to come from within the players. I think our biggest problem in the end of the game, we haven't got one go-to. Like, in um, in emergency, we haven't got, like, that first outlet. It used to be, I uh, would give the ball to Coutinho and he'll hopefully beat two players and put one in top bin. He's not really been doing that as much this season. He's been looking to try and bring other people in. And almost when you've got those four... And maybe when you've got a couple, one of them who's maybe tired, one of them who's maybe got a little bit of an injury, we don't know. One of them is a little bit off form. And you're kind of looking around saying, well, okay, who's going to be the one who's going to try and take on the mantle? There is no, there is no kind of release point for our attack sometimes. But that, that's where I sort of want a team to do it, Adam. That's where I, what I want is, forget the idea of, and if anything, what was, you know, when you look at the game back, what's ridiculously irritating is that Coutinho basically decides, I'm just going to sort this. And I'm going to basically take the ball off my centre-halves and I'm going to stand right next to Emery Chan and go, you just give this to me now and I'm going to go and do a bit of this for you. Mm. I'm, I'm looking at that going, well, yeah, firstly, that's annoying, but secondly, that's where I want the team to step up and the team to to just, without anyone, as I say, having to be a shining light, just just make it so that they just can't get out and they just, they're just they just desperate for a breath. That's where the intensity comes in and that's why if you're the manager, you know, you can worry about performance all you want, but intensity is what can absolutely force the issue in a game like that one. And it was it was so pedestrian. That was the problem. From the word go, we were so pedestrian, and there was n- there was nobody. And it's weird. With look, I understand that that West Brom were very deep, and it it was always going to be difficult to kind of you know open your legs against them, as the commentators say, whatever it is, stretch your legs, open your legs, a different thing, I think, um, against a, a team like that. And um, I understand they were deep like that, but it's weird that with with Salah and Mane in the same team that at no point did we look like we were going anything other than one mile an hour football. There was no kind of, you know, trying to just take them on, force them, any of that sort of thing. And the problem that you've got, and Mo's just hinted at it there, is that if all four of your Fab Four are having a a tricky day, then there isn't anybody else in the team really that's going to step up and and do that because they are the... And you'd think if you're, you know, if you're Emery Chan, even if you are taking 17 touches when one will do, you must still be looking and thinking, well, there's four of these lads. One of them's got to do something here. (laughs) I think that's big for me as well because... 
I think when we concentrate on the, the joys of seeing all four of these c- cylinders working at top speed, we get kind of like uh, swayed by it and think it's going to be like that forever. And it's like, essentially, it's good when it happens, but it's not sustainable. I'd rather have at least one of the cylinders always firing rather than always having four of them firing. And that's the balance that we seem to be missing at the moment. Yeah, it's it's all or nothing. I, I wrote something for Paddy Power today and I said, you can't imagine a team in the world who can win 7-0 twice before New Year and then not win any of the games afterwards. And it's like, it's, it's just madness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There was the Tottenham debacle and then, and then, a, and then a, a draw at home to Everton. I was like, how can, how can you not follow up a 7-0 with a win either time? And it's it does just, as you say, it is all or nothing with this team and that's what's frustrating to watch them because you kind of don't know whether, oh, is it going to click one day and we're going to go on this great run or are we always going to be this kind of Jekyll and Hyde team? And, and, and I'm not sure what the answer is and I don't think anyone is yet and I don't think the manager is and, and that kind of makes it a bit more difficult for him for him as well he's probably looking at January and now and thinking well do they keep faith in these guys and he's been a manager who puts a lot of faith in his teams or do a do a get on the phone to Leipzig and, and try and tempt them to get to get you know a man early or do I have a little look you know there's been a few links with with kind of other players as as well and so it's a it's, it's a tricky one for him but Lalana's back this weekend and I think he'll make a difference in terms of games like this because I thought um, our midfield was a was a bit one-paced mm-hmm. in both of the games. And, you know, as you say, when, when you, sometimes, as you, you, Adam says, when you've got this Fab Four, that it can, it can become like two teams. And I felt like both times, it was the plan was, we'll, we'll get the ball to the good players. And, and you can get it a little bit predictable when, you, when you're doing that. And I think having someone who can break from midfield, who's suddenly another danger, I think could really help this Liverpool side. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. Uh, don't go anywhere after the break. We're going to talk about that midfield. Welcome back. The Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, John Gibbons, Mo Stewart and Adam Smith with you until half past seven. Uh, if you're driving around tonight, it's a strange Friday night. It's our Christmas party. John, we're excited, aren't we? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's not Mad Friday, is it? That's the next one. That's next. That's our, we're, not, we're Arsenal away's on that. Uh, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that yeah. That's Mad Friday. So, so we've got that to worry about there. But no, it's, it's going to be it's going to be good, good tonight. Like, we've had a good year, haven't we? We've had an excellent year. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I always think I like to leave the year stuff until bang on. Uh, to be honest with you, I like you know I like to be a bit of it's been end of term though. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like end of term. Yeah, um, so spirits, sleep order. Spirits, are, I mean, the spirits are normally fairly high in our office. I'll be honest with you, but they're uh, they're particularly high today. Excellent, they really are. Uh, you should see Walshy uh, <laughs> ready to go out in nineteen ninety nine. From the look of them, uh, all done up prim and proper. Uh, can't wait to be out later on tonight. Uh, but we've got to talk about this this Liverpool side at the minute, which was a joy to talk about a week ago, Adam, and now finds itself quite the opposite. I mean, you know, a week is sometimes a long time in football. It is just this. It is partially because of what Manchester City are doing, but I think it's also that the stakes seem so high. So Spurs a few weeks ago were having a wobble, they were four points behind us, and now they're level on points with us. And you were thinking, you know what, another couple of good results here and we could almost put Spurs to bed. Thinking we can get a gap between us and Arsenal before we go there, and then if we win that, there's a gap. the gap's even bigger and it's hu- it'd be a huge result. And I think everyone's so conscious that there's only now three places for five sides. It's not, it's not quite four and six anymore, it's three and five if we're all honest about it. And I do think that, you know, it's... It's a tester for everyone, including the players, including the manager and the supporters. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm just quite, I'm just quite calm about things, and I, I, I don't like the kind of reactionary status of life at the moment as, as a, as a football fan in general. I don't think it's exclusively to Liverpool's fan base. I think it's far from it. Absolutely far from it. Um, and I, I just think because you've just said it there, you know, it's, it's been a week. 
you know, like at this time last week, everyone's going, this is brilliant. You know, we're four points clear of Tottenham now. Since we beat them, they've dropped, you know, 150 points and we've won 97 or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But we were four points clear off and everyone's going, oh, this is brilliant. We're great. The Reds are brilliant. We, you know, we're going to be, we'll be second soon because we'll win the next two games, blah, blah, blah. Then a week later, everybody's got, the reactions as if we're in the, the, you know, fighting relegation. And we're not even halfway through the season. And I understand people's, you know, the, the immediate reaction to games because they are frustrating. It was a frustrating draw against a dreadful Everton team. And yet, you know, you have to say that they were really poor. Uh, you know, West Brom were actually significantly better than them and also significantly more adventurous than them. Um, but, you know, they are home games against poor opposition where you would expect six points. And it is, I get that it's frustrating. But at the same time, we're still only four points off third. We haven't lost since the Tottenham game. We've only lost two games all season. Apart from the League Cup game, um, and we're not even halfway through the season yet. So, if if that much can change in a week, how much more can change in the next four months, five months? You know, we're not going to win the league, but City could legitimately win the league on 137 points or whatever. You know, that that could honestly like actually happen. It's very difficult at the moment looking at the thing. Where are these where are these dropped points for them coming? So, you know, and and. Look, if 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 the season finishes and City's only two dropped points at Everton, then you just have to throw your hands up and say that's football. Yeah, I hope they get a mad number. You know, <laughs> like if they if they're gonna win it, which now looks like they will. Like I hope they just underneath to put up Celtic numbers. So uh, something absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, something like the you know you've you know the. the you have to bracket after on the on the table uh, into in where it says it says it's right. So you know I've. Yeah, I mean, Adam's a calming influence on me. He always has been because I, I've I've lost my head a bit in the last week just because it's, I don't know, like, as you say, because I was thinking like you, whereas, you know, you look at a Tottenham and, and thinking, oh, you know, oh, good distance ahead of them now and thinking about what we do to Arsenal now we're back below Tottenham and Tottenham always a little bit of a marker for me because they're a team who we haven't, we've only finished once, above once in the last seven years and so it's it's, it's always one that I think, well, you know, that's 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 a sign of kind of, of where we're at so slipping behind them is a little bit disappointing but the game's come thick and fast now and as Adam's right that things are just, are going to change a lot and, and maybe you need to, it is a time to keep your nerve and just, and just kind of believe in what you're doing really because the team are doing a lot of good things and they are, and they are doing a lot right the manager's been very into keeping his nerve Mo and yeah. maybe if anything this is, is is one of the reasons why you can grow frustrated with his side sometimes in that he can't he can't have backed them anymore and that is you know and he can't have supported them anymore and he can't have been kinder better um he can't have given them any more, and he may well also be. And it may well be that you know, if he was here right now, he'd say, "Lads, I'm I'm seeing these these boys in training, and they can't give me any more." Uh, that's my view, and that's why I'll give them everything. But he very much has uh, backed them to the hills. He very much has looked like he wants to keep his nerve, and I do think that that is now that's the only option that's open to us before mm-hmm. January, uh, and even it possibly in January. But it's the only option that's open for us until January is that he does keep his nerve. And he does back his boys. Yeah, and I don't think there's any doubt that that's what he's going to do. I think, to be honest, he probably wants more of that from us. If yeah. anything, I think when you look at how the reaction has been to the changes made, up until the point we started dropping points, it was perfect for him because not only was it proving to us as a fan base, but we've actually got more than just five or six lads that you can trust. We've actually got 9, 10, 11, 12, which was the point of what he was trying to do. But also the fact that these lads were believing in themselves, that they can come in and they can contribute and they don't always have to rely on Mr. Superstar up there. Going back to what Adam was saying, I think I'd like to propose a 24 to 48 hour amnesty on all social media 
after a game where it's like you can say you can be as angry and frustrated no, as you don't, want don't kick that house of cards down <laughs> 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 yeah. well she's not going to be happy about yeah, well that. she's going to be absolutely furious hear me out hear me out we've got two days where you can be as irrational and angry and as stupid as you want just get it all out after that we all have to take a collective step back look at the big picture and realise okay. that we're all as bad I mean those five you were talking about for three spots we're all doing the same things here I guarantee you there's um, Spurs fans who are saying the same things that we're saying now when they were dropping points well, so I don't know about that because I think Spurs actually keep the nerve all right and I mean that in a general sense but I think that's partially because no one cares about Spurs we've had a chat about this <laughs> on the show recently so it's quite easy to be talking about that no one cares I do think the other sides are in that boat where mm. there is a real feeling of if you're, if you're United and you don't win you're thinking why aren't we trying to play better why aren't we trying to be more expansive if you're Arsenal you're going look at us we're being mm. very Arsenal again Wenger this Wenger exactly. this if you're Chelsea if you're Liverpool you're going all the last year's frustrations coming back to bear and if you're Chelsea you're going hang on we got 93 points last year any hopes that this this improves and uh, you know even even there and, and I think they have a little bit of the Tottenham syndrome is that mm-hmm. in that no one particularly cares but on all this John I think it's you know I, I think it's a strange I think it's a strange time at the minute sort of um, in that 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 collective there's there is almost just too much shared history if you know what I mean I think sometimes like watching the West Brom game I really was watching bad performances from players doing all the things that I've I've watched them do and that I don't like for a few couple of years on the one hand and then on the other hand I'm watching Liverpool do this again which I've I've written something for our website which you know is a reminder that in 0809 when we get 86 points we actually make have seven home draws uh, and you know I'm and that that and that's a, that's an example of a really good season for Liverpool but we still had seven home draws yeah and you know I think that there is you know, and that, that that's now nine years ago but that's now nine years where I've been pretty regularly watching Liverpool home and away and so you do sort of get yourself into this this feeling of no 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 it's happening again it's hurting mm-hmm. again that lad's doing that thing that I hate again etc etc and I think it's just it is hard to sort of go it's, it's just this is just one game of football when you feel as though you're able to see past present and future in this ridiculous way as it all opens out in front of you yeah no definitely and that's that's why Solanke's goal was a real shame for lots of different reasons really not just for the three points but it's a late goal and this is start knocking around at the moment where Liverpool, you know, we're just not scoring goals from 75 minutes on, and it, it, it kind of doesn't look great, really. Especially when Jurgen Klopp first came in, and, and it, it was really good. I think there was something like you know seven in the first 50 games, and then there's been kind of two since then, or whatever. It's it's something like that, and so it's so it's not great, and and I think you. you you, you start to think, well, you know, you know what's going to happen after, you know, once it's nil-nil on 45, you think, well, this is nil-nil full-time and people are leaving earlier and earlier and it frustrates me, but then, you know, are they right? Because, cause the, you know, the, if they leave on 18, go, well, this is nil-nil written all over it, then it is, then are they, if, if they, if they got a point or, or, or sh- so I just think, I think the atmosphere around the club, that would have, maybe would have, would have helped in terms of that, that's the like goal, it would have helped him as well, what a, what a great moment for him mm-hmm. after a difficult game against, against Everton, he suddenly, you know, he's, he's, he's off and running, he's got the winning goal and he can, he can point, point to, you know, how he's contributing to Liverpool, so just a real shame all around that, but especially in terms of, I think the crowd needs to start believing a little bit more and and for all the reasons you say that they, they maybe just need a bit of evidence to show them it's all well and good us saying well, just just stay till the end and you never know and let's get past them because as you say the shared history is strong so yeah if, if Solanke would have if the, well Solanke did put it in but if it, if it is stored I, I just yeah it could, it could have been a real big goal for us though it is um, very, very quickly, Adam. It is, it is, it is difficult at times, and it is difficult because because everybody wants it so much, and and that's maybe you know trying to put over to people your earlier points that you know if you just hang on, if you just hang on, 
there's 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 loads and loads of football left. There's loads and loads of season left. I think I almost feel as though this crowd would just find it easier to, to, to at the minute to accept a draw against the progressive side than a draw against the side that just that just sits in and takes it. I think that there's something in that as well. The fact that you're frustrated in a sense in that you almost haven't you, again you haven't seen much of a game of football. The derby there was bad, there was one bad tackle in it and there was it was very little. Very little blood and thunder. Uh, it was so passive uh, in lots and lots of ways. And then that one against West Brom, I think was, you're right to say before, West Brom did bring more, but it's still passive. You've not you've not lived a footy match, is what I'm saying. And that's why you, everyone's so pent up, because they haven't lived a football match. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I also think that part of the problem at the moment that we've got is that there are, there are just agendas all over the show from various people and, and, and various, you know, maybe agendas is the wrong phrase, but but just just hobby horses yeah and and just generic feelings and that you know the press at the moment are obsessed with this idea that liverpool can't break down a deep lying team well we have we've done it loads mm. all right we haven't done it a couple of times in the last two matches but this season we've actually done it time and time again against deep lying teams and got you know got a lot of points from them you know the idea that Liverpool's defence is rubbish because every time every time we can see the goal, it's all well, Liverpool's defence is rubbish. Well, I mean, is it because you know the Chelsea goal? That, that, what, what can anyone in the defence do about that? But then that's it. So every time we can see the goal, that's what happens. Every mm-hmm. time we drop points, that's what it falls back onto that thing. And sometimes it, I just wish that people could just take a little step back and look at the overall season rather than what's going on right now. And what people in the, you know the newspapers and things are obsessed with saying is true about Liverpool when it's not. Okay, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Looking ahead towards the Bournemouth game now. And also looking ahead towards January for the first time, really. It's beginning to loom in the horizon. There's lots and lots of different bits of conversation about what Liverpool may or may not do. Beginning to smatter their way across the internet. Uh, pros and cons to that. Uh, but before we get stuck into all of that, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Hat Scarf and a Badge. Who've got themselves a big sale on at the minute. Loads and loads of stock they want to shift before the 31st of December. Uh, get yourself down there. Uh, you, you can order online, but also in general if you're around for the Swansea game on Boxing Day or you're around for the game on the 30th which is against Leicester City it's right Neil you are more than welcome to get down there they'd love to see you say say hello whilst you're in there as well and pick some, pick, pick a few bits and pieces up uh, a fire sale until the 31st of January there so do Get stuck into that if you can. And also, uh, John, you're selling subscriptions to the Anfield Wrap on mass Christmas presents. Yeah, so if if you you know you like what you do on the radio, you've you've only heard about sign off the tour player, but you're having yet. We do do gift card subscriptions, uh, three months, six months, and twelve months. It's available from the Anfieldwrap.com. Just click on shop, and they're all there. So if you've got you know a, a mother-in-law, a father-in-law, a, a, an auntie who you know who normally so buys you the presents, and they're asking. Someone's doing your head in and saying, yeah. what is it that you want? And you can't think of anything. What is it that I want? What is it that I want? What is it that I want? Feel free to just sort of point them that way and yeah. say, you know what? Maybe I won't listen to it, but I mean, it shuts them up. <laughs> and that's mostly what I'm in it for at this yeah, stage of the gift, yeah. the gift process yeah. where people are saying to me, what is it that you want, Neil? What yeah. should I get you? What is it that you want? I just want to have to think about this, to be honest with you. There you go. And I'm Phil Rapp subscription. Uh, and we send you in a nice card and, and we know the details and it's dead easy. So uh, yeah, get on that. Excellent stuff at theanfieldrap.com and then click shop and you can do that and other stuff as well. Uh, the other way in which I know about the pace at which Christmas comes is that I know all the posting dates because of John. Uh, <laughs> I'm very conscious of them. Australia and uh, New Zealand, you've missed it. You've missed uh, that uh, America and Canada was yesterday. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. America and Canada was yesterday. <laughs> Mo, do not swear on this show. Do not swear on this show. It's bad enough dealing with Gibbons every week. I'll never swear on this. Trust me, like, all the, it's going to be confined within my head, but there's some guy actually making my 
my airways blew inside there. Oh, well, try to try to keep it under. Uh, yeah, Christmas isn't. Big hello to all my family in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you don't expect much for Christmas. <laughs> and the Anfield Wrap gift cards electronic. John. <laughs> they can be. Yeah, yeah, they can be. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Christmas is getting closer and closer, and that means January is getting closer and closer. And all the human and iron about the business Liverpool may or may not do has started adam um let's start with the the one which will be an enormous negative there's been a couple of little mooches around the idea that, that philip coutinho will be aggressively pursued again by barcelona and you can't quite work out if that that if the, that pursuance would be uh gratefully received by liverpool or not gratefully received by liverpool but at least received by liverpool in a way in which it wasn't in the summer um i don't know about you but i'd be i'd be hugely concerned uh, about what's going on at the club if they were to consider uh, letting Coutinho go in January and I want to make that quite clear and that we're about to be very hypocritical because we're going to talk about other players ideally selling other teams ideally selling their players to Liverpool but I really would be I would be thinking what on earth are we doing here what are we thinking about if we were to make that move in January next summer completely different kettle of fish but January here's the thing I, I think what I was talking about before with people's reactions to results I get very frustrated with supporters who don't realise that there is nuance in football. And I think that's also true when it comes to talking about transfers. Because I understand that losing Coutinho would be a blow. But if we replaced him, let's just say if I offered you right now that we lose Coutinho in January, but we bring in Lamar, Keita comes in early and we get Virgil van Dijk. What then is the attitude... For me personally, I'm a little bit more, well, I can I can swallow that pill then because they're three players that improve the team. And Phil Coutinho, whether we like it or not, doesn't want to be a Liverpool player anymore. He's putting the shift in. He's still playing well. He's, he's putting in good performances, although not uh, not on Wednesday night as it happens. But, he, you know, he is generally, he's not sort of down in tools. But, he's, but in his head, he has moved to Barcelona. So if we got three players that actively wanted to be at the club and let Coutinho go, does that balance itself out? for you know for the side and for the team and for the supporters or not and everybody will have a different take on that that's fine for me personally I think yes it does if we lose Coutinho and don't sign any of those three players well all we've done is weaken ourselves and there's nothing there it's tricky to know right now how big or otherwise the the loss of Coutinho in January where it to happen would be because we don't know what else is going on behind the scenes that said I, I don't think it makes sense for the club. I also don't think it really makes sense for the player. And I'm not entirely sure it makes sense for Barcelona because he can't play in the Champions League. So uh, I, I don't know whether there's a little bit of a, you know, Liverpool are sort of thinking, well, yeah, uh, you know, looking along my lines of thinking, yeah, well, if we get these three players sewn up, we'll, we'll let him go in January because we've got them in and they're brilliant. Or they might be thinking, if we can't get them, we'll just keep him because he can't play for Barcelona anyway. So... Yeah, and I think Adam's summed up the situation really well there. I'd be I'd be staggered if if a deal happens in January. I don't think it makes much sense for all concerned. And I think Barcelona as well will, will maybe kind of realise that they need to kind of change tack a bit. Obviously, they you know they did all the tricks last summer, didn't they? In terms of you know uh, wheeling out players to say how 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 great it'd be to get Phil there and all that, and the and the low balling offers, getting the the players to come across the bad guy, and it, and it didn't really work. And I think if they'd have assessed it, they'll probably realise that look, you know. Liverpool are pretty good sellers for them. We've, we've you know, we've, they've, they've got Luis Suarez for us, and, you know, for, from us in, in, in a pretty good deal. And 
Mascherano, Coutinho will go there eventually, and and I think. Liverpool is the kind of football club that you'd expect them to be buying from in the future as well, and that's not really a nice thing to say from from a from a Liverpool point of view because I, I want us to be at the top of the food chain, if you like. But realistically, I think Barcelona will be looking at it thinking, well, they're the team that takes the chance on on players and, and goes for the kind of player, the kind of footballer, and also the kind of age profile that that in two or three years that the you know that we can, you know almost they they probably look at us as a finishing school, if you like, and and that's not a nice thing for for Liverpool, but that's how we were looking at it. So I think they'll be, they'll be changing. So look, we'll just look to play the game here a little bit more and and get to a situation in the summer where everyone can come out of it, you know, look, looking well. And I imagine that's what will be happening. I think, I know you say about the hypocrisy thing, I think the Van Dijk situation is slightly different because he's just doing nothing for them, is he? And I think Liverpool are in a situation where we've got a, quite a nice Champions League draw um, and you get to the quarterfinals and you never know. So Liverpool will have an eye on doing pretty well in that competition. There's also a big battle for for, for, for top four and, and Phil seems pretty happy and he's playing well and, and, and in decent, decent form. I think Van Dijk... They probably they'll they'll probably think we, we maybe we should have sold him in the summer now because he's he's his, his form well he was injured for ages and then when he's come back he just hasn't looked right at all for for one reason or the other I've got no idea why why he's not playing well so I don't really want to guess but I think they'll probably be looking at it and thinking oh, maybe 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 that seventy million pounds in the summer <laughs> you know could have, could have really helped us buy some goals. Uh, it's interesting you say that about how Van Dyke's looked this season. I, I was going to say the same about Thomas Lamar, to be honest, because he's been out in and out of the side and injury-wise as well. I think regarding the whole Phil Coutinho in January thing, just to put on top of what you, these guys have both said, um, I wouldn't take the um, Cater Van Dyke lamar bid, partly because Cater and Lamar couldn't play in Champions League either. But also, when it comes to replacing Phil Coutinho, I think it's going to be more than just player for player like for like when you consider how integral he has been not only to our team but for how long he's been integral whoever does replace him is going to need a full pre-season of how we play and how we get up to speed if we're going to give him the best possible chance and when you consider that Kaita's already coming in next season and so the midfield is already going to have to change so everyone's going to have to learn together I think the way that Klopp operates and the way that the FSG have operated up to this point by backing him in those areas tells me that the only possibility for January is more money that's the only possible uh, upside FSG could get from selling him now compared to selling him in the summer Um, Just to go back to you on that moment with reference to Lamar is there an argument that Liverpool should look to push the Lamar deal through in January off the basis of get him settled, get him used to what we're doing, get him used to the way Liverpool play football. Not dissimilar to what you've seen a lot of the Oxlade Chamberlain mm-hmm. stuff be for the last last few months. Almost get that period yes. out of the way and then get him prepped for pre-season. Very much so. In the same way that Man City did with Gabriel Jesus, as, as a matter of fact, he was in the city for a while getting used to the idea of how the team plays before he gets in there. With Lamar, because of his particular skills, he has been playing wide for Monaco, but he can also play central. And I've seen him working. They do the kind of four four two, the four two 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 thing that we oh, yeah. do as well. And they also, I've also seen him play in the front three and in the midfield three of a four three three. So he really does have um, uh, ability to be in a variety of positions. But a lot of that would depend upon how he works with 
the rest of the team. So is he definitely really good. Yeah, no, he is. Like, I sure. mean, I don't. To be honest, I I think that ninety million, which was what uh, Arsenal allegedly agreed in the summer, I thought that was madness. I thought that was at least twenty five million, at least twenty five million too much. Okay. But again, if you're going to look at the things that we're not going to potentially have in our squad, the characteristics we're not going to potentially have if Coutinho and particularly Emre Chan do leave, and how the midfield might start to look. I think it would be very interesting. If we do get him in early, then what that will say to me is that um, Klopp's already a long way down the line to working out who isn't going to be here midfield-wise. Because I think that's really the key. Is in terms of what has he got left in his squad after he's moved certain people on or certain people have decided to move on and therefore what elements of that has he got to replace. Uh, speaking of names, uh, personally, a guy I'd love to see us get is Steven Zonzi. I know that people have been talking about him a lot recently, but the main reason I'm looking at him, I'm looking at our midfield with Naby Keita and I'm looking at, we need someone who's going to be able to be physically strong. He's going to be able to have a good range of passing. Whose first thought is to be looking behind him rather than looking in front of him. Because I hate to break it to you guys, that's not Navigator. Like, I know that we're all seeing him tackling and he looks a little bit like N'Golo Kante, but he loves, he looks forward. Gets off, don't he? He does. And you need someone who can counterbalance that. And the key to helping people to uh, develop and to adapt quickly is to be able to counteract the things that they don't have with other people. So the makeup and the formation is all going to be what you see. That's going to be the dominant factor in what we see transfer-wise from club, I think. It's... He's not, he's not a manager who does a lot in January, Adam. Uh, there's, there's one uh, window with Dortmund where he does, he does bits um, for us. We've seen him and not do much, not, not be that that engaged in the transfer market in general, uh, it's fair to say. Very much wants who he wants and isn't prepared seemingly to compromise. Although, you know, you say that and then on the other hand, you remember that the one January thing he has done is bring Stephen Colker in on loan. Um, so you, it isn't like compromise is absolutely impossible for him. He's prepared to sort of do a bit of that. What are you actually expecting? Because I'll be honest and say I'm expecting maybe maybe one in um, at most and no one really to leave. I think that's what he's going to do. I don't think it's going to be very complicated beyond that. I think he's just going to be pretty straight down the line. I think that's fair. I, I would be I would be surprised if a defender wasn't on the list. I I, I think the, there's a lot of rumours at the moment about City talking about Van Dyke, and I would be if that's the case. I would now be very surprised if he chose us over City. Because it's tempting he, off it, Well, he's walking in. Forget the money. He's walking into a league medal, isn't he? Yeah, and, you know, yeah. So that's uh, that's part of it. So um, also looks a laugh playing centre-half. Well, yeah. Uh, so, I fancy it, John. Just, yeah, I reckon I could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passed the ball a hundred times. <laughs> I've seen the numbers. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the other team don't do much attacking. And then watch Sergio Aguero. Brilliant. Yeah. Great view. Yeah. <laughs> like the best spectator spot in the ground. Um, but yeah, so, I'll you take know, balls off Edison all day. Roll <laughs> <laughs> no, out to me there, and I'll give it to Carl Walker, and I'll look terrific. Um, so yeah, like whether it's not Van Dyke, whether Johnny Evans is somebody that I've heard rumoured of recently, something along those lines. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was it. I wouldn't be totally shocked if there was an announcement about a deal of Coutinho going to Barcelona in the summer because that pleases all parties. But yeah, other than that, I, I just don't think you know. I, I just think it's going to be a little bit. 
meh because it's always a little bit. Well, meh. he won't do anything short term. That's what we know. No, no. so he I, won't do anything short term. What he might do is obviously the Van Dyke thing. If he can get it over the line, he'll do it because we know he wants to. I'm sure if uh, Michael Edwards. Um, Rings him up and says, you know, I can get I can get Kaita for you if we if we throw a few a few yeah few that make uh, sense uh, Leipzig I reckon I can get him I'm sure he'd accept that as well and then the likes of Lamar that look like long term targets you know if something can be done then of course mm-hmm. but but what he's not going to do is to to think well there's you know there's a bit there's a bit of a hole till the summer so I'll, I'll take a chance on this fellow and if he's no good I'll sell him in the summer which you expect say, a bit he tends to do you, you know there's no evidence that he'll do that no I think you're right in as much as there are people who he's looking at for the summer even. If he can bring that deal forward, he will do. One name who I've not seen a lot of people speak about recently uh, for centre-half is uh, Jonathan Tarr uh, by Leverkusen. Uh, Strangely enough, he actually looks a little bit like Stephen Corker, but he's a much better defender. He is a much better defender. I honestly Uh, thought Corker was an attacker for a minute. (laughs) He plays him up front. If you, if you imagine, he's got the stature of Virgil van Dijk. He's got the, the passing ability of Virgil van Dijk. He's a little bit quicker than van Dijk. He's equally as strong. Why do you think his move hasn't happened then? Because he's what? been linked for a while. Generally. Not just to us as well, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Number of clubs. I don't know. I think he went through a period where he wasn't really... He was in and out of the side at Leverkusen. And then they changed manager and the new manager said, OK, you're my guy. Mm. And I think he's felt a little bit like he wants to see... Um, he wants to kind of reward that. He wants to see who's really coming in for him because it might be that he's been told, you know what, if you stick it out, have a good time this season, you might yeah. be looking... Still quite young for the centre-half as is, well, yeah. isn't he? So maybe people are thinking, well, let him land there and then we'll, uh, he's, we'll he, take him. He very much fits the profile of all the things that we need in terms of our makeup, what FSG looking for. Like I say, he's got young potential to improve. And he's also the kind of... From what I've seen within that Leverkusen team, he seems to be the one who's happy to take a lead in terms of the organisation of the defence, which again, I think is something we're crying out for. Um, okay, uh, moving on forward then and looking at Bournemouth uh, in, in, in terms of the defence, Matip uh, still out, uh, Mignolet uh, will start. Uh, this is all from Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Um, Lallana back in full and normal training and ready for the squad, says Klopp. Uh, and the next one on this as well, he says, against West Brom, we did not deserve luck. It was not a good performance. Um, accurate I think that we'd all sort of agree with that although you know I, I just quite like luck uh, to be honest <laughs> with you if, if, if we're going to be picky John it's it's a really tricky game it's worth pointing out that Bournemouth have played all of our other rivals Arsenal beat them 3-0 but apart from that everyone else there's been one goal only in the game a lot of 1-0s even if you want to class Burnley as a rival Burnley beat them but again that was only 2-1 they've been they've been really in the defeats you look at the bottom half of the table they've got the best goal difference it's only minus 5 there's a lot of other sides who are now minus double figures because they've been my point is that everywhere every, everywhere they've gone and at home this season with the one exception of that Arsenal game Bournemouth have been really competitive City for instance need the last kick of the game from Sterling to beat them yeah although we said that about Brighton and then we beat them 5-1 and so there's something about Bournemouth that makes me think that that Liverpool it, it'll suit the, the, the suit what we want to do at the moment because they'll look they'll come and play especially at home you know they'll look to they'll look to, to play against Liverpool they, you know they won't be throwing men forward but they won't be shy about about kind of attacking and, and I think that'll suit us I think it'll you know there's, there's an opportunity to press them you know we're not going to see you know Jordan Pickford kicking the touch and stuff like that well we're definitely not going to see Jordan Pickford <laughs> but we're not going to we're not going to see their, their keeper um, you know kicking kick the touch and things like that and just trying to get it basically as far away from him as possible we won't see that and so it should help us really and 
you know, aside from defensive madness, we have been able to open them up down there. You know, it's been you know the the, the other stuff that's that's kind of been the problem really, and and so I, I quite fancy this one really. I think the players will be up for it. I think they'll they'll know that Wednesday wasn't good enough really, and and they'll know that that was as I say, even a, way, a more disappointing performance than the Everton one, where the, where the tempo was actually pretty good, and so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident about this. I think it's a nice game for us, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Sturridge will have to wait. I'm on Mel Reddy's Twitter here. Uh, Melissa Reddy. Hi, uh, hi, Mel. Uh, indeed. Uh, Melissa Reddy, and then an underscore at the end. I was on Paul Joyce's before as well. Just want to credit everybody. Uh, it's good they're doing the work. I'm just a fella sitting in the studio reading it out. <laughs> Joyce is uh, not doing huge bits on Twitter, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. I think, I think, I think, yeah, Paul Joyce and work and Twitter don't blog in the same sense. Uh, but if you, if you want to say that to him, John, you're more than welcome <laughs> to do so. Joe, articles. Joe, uh, Joe Gomez should be okay. Robbo had a knock in the last game. Uh, Adam should be ready for the squad if nothing happens. Moreno, no chance. Uh, Simon is okay. Um, it sounds harsh, and I'm worried about sounding harsh, not least because I, I, I don't approve of it in general, but I think footballers are trying their very best. I'd have no problems with James Milner starting this at left-back. I wouldn't either. I think it, my memory is still burned from the second half of Spartak Moscow where he was immaculate. Um, I think as well, if uh, Klopp's come out and said that about Robertson ahead of time, that lends me to think that that might already be in his thinking. <laughs> does it though? Because you th- he does this sometimes. No, he, he said Salah was he injured does. the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if Carrius was left back. He just <laughs> he likes to say these mental things. But, he? He's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you say, there are some there are certain times where he's happy for us to speculate, and there are certain times where he wants to nip it in the bud. Obviously, like you say, he's come out and said Mignolet's starting, yeah. which is interesting for me. Not only because of the fact that Carrius actually had a good game in the week. I think he's had a few good games. I think he's had a yeah. good season actually. But when you consider what happened at Bournemouth last year, where it would have been quite a good time if he's informed to maybe exercise a few demons and maybe build up a bit more confidence credit, but he's come out and said, no, Mignolet's back in. I can understand that. I can understand what he's doing with it. I'm all right with it. As far as Bournemouth are concerned, I think it's interesting the fact that we all say that they're a team who they're not going to sit back. They're not going to be very defensive. They've actually got as good a defensive record as us. They've only conceded 20 goals. So it's interesting that them going forward hasn't actually meant that they're conceding loads and loads of goals. So as much as the in terms of style, it's more attributable to us. They're not mugs. We're going to have to play well to they're, beat them. They're not mugs, and I think a lot of it is going to be about approach, Adam. And, uh, you know, it's an easy team talk for the gaffer at any stage of the game uh, with reference to what happened there last season. Um, in that, they showed that they were able to play there. You don't score three goals and be utterly in control, which we were at two, I mean, two nil at half time, flattered them. Um, you don't, you know, you don't, that Liverpool can perform there, won there the season before. It, it is all quite straightforward in terms of the focus and the requirements and putting that over to the players, you would think. Um, it should, though. It, they've still got to go and put it into practice, is what I'm saying. And it's an intense period of the season. It's game after game after game. I think the first. I rarely actually think this when you're at the level that we're at against a side like Bournemouth. But I think that the first 15, in terms of setting a tempo and reaching a mark, are important for Liverpool in this one. They don't want to have to find themselves during the game. They do need to hit the ground running. And they've got. It's the perfect chance to to sort of bounce back in inverted commas after Wednesday because because Wednesday was such a disappointing performance and and you have to you know you have to think the players feel like that as well you can't think any of them were thinking you know oh gutted we played really well you you know I, I, they it wasn't a good performance they know it wasn't a good performance and this is a ground where the you know the manager exactly like you say can say look if you're not on it then you know last what happened last year could happen again and you know we've got to be absolutely tip top and we've got to do our you know our best to be concentrated and to have the tempo really really uh strong for this game um 
and I think that if that happens, we should have too much for them. I don't think it'll be similar to the Brighton game. I don't think we're going to absolutely smash them, but you know, I would think maybe a, a sort of two-one or three-one is is doable if we if we play well. Mm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see after kind of seemingly rotating every other game, you know, if you're like weak, strong, depending on what, what your opinion is. I don't think that's fair, but certainly the way some people view it, it, it means the the weaker team is going forward into this one. Um, and it'll be interesting because obviously um, we then, we just need to, we just need to get the points after, after two disappointing losses. Mm-hmm. But previously we've had sort of win, win, draw, win, win, draw. And now we've got draw. So that means win, win. <laughs> that it's that simple. simple, isn't it? I actually think, now, I actually think that the first 15 minutes of the second half is actually more important than the beginning of the game, regardless of what the score is. If we're winning, then it's important to hold out that first 15 minutes. and Because that's what we didn't do last yeah, year. Tar- we got to like 58. There's been and, a few like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if we're, lo- if we're drawing, then that's 15 minutes away. We've got to, like you say, raise the intensity, start to put them under pressure, get a goal. Obviously, if we're losing, then that's going to be a given anyway. But... I think those 15 minutes is normally what tells me what kind of a Liverpool performance we're going to see. John, do you know something? I Emery, don't. Emery Chan suspended. Is he? Yeah. No one's talked about it at all. It's really weird. It takes him to Got fifth. Got, a, got yellow the other night. It's his fifth yellow card of the season. Um, and it literally just sort of went under the radar because everyone was talking about everything else. Yeah, Chan suspended for this. Um, so let's bear that in mind when everyone's thinking of a team. Uh, listen, give me a prediction for this one then. Uh, start with you, John. Uh, Emery Chan, first goal. <laughs> uh, Liverpool to win 3 1. Liverpool to win 3 1. Okay, Mo. I'm going to say 2 0, Liverpool. Okay, Adam. I am going to say 2 1, and because I've never seen anybody uh, spontaneously combust them with quite a light, I'm going to say Henderson both goals. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, thank you very much to Adam, to Mo, and to John. It's been the Anfield wrap this week. Yep, Emery Chan suspended. Uh, let's see what side Liverpool go out there with. It would not surprise me, though, I think, if you may well see one of the Fab Four, the supposed Fab Four, be sitting this one out. Uh, Continue to start left hand side, and I fancy the Reds as well. Liverpool 2 0. Sports Social Podcast Network.